Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 592 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into from the Eagles, the Phillies, the Sixers, the Flyers, and whatever else decides to pop up while we're recording this episode. We'll talk about it. Uh, But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, threads, wherever you consume your social media, Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five star rating and review. Goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and all of our podcasts as a whole across the board, wherever you consume your podcasts. And for the last couple of weeks now, Top Bin's been on that top 200 Apple podcast chart in Greece. Okay. I don't speak any Greek, but <laughs> all right. I appreciate a Euro. It is, uh, it's been in the, the top 200, I think, for the last three weeks in Greece. So. Wow. I'm glad. Making moves I'm glad. internationally. Glad a small community in Greece uh, huddles around at the end of the night and listens <laughs> to us. Uh, so go subscribe. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every show on our network, original video content, shorts, clips, live streams. And we are on a full-on end-of-year initiative right now, guys, as it is the final month of 2023. We had 347 subscribers in our first endeavor into YouTube last year when we started in April and obviously when the year came to a close. Right now, we have 307 new subscribers in 2023, our first full year on YouTube. If we get to 700 subscribers, that's not only a milestone, but we'll eclipse the amount of subscribers we had in our first year of YouTube and our first full year. So go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Smash the like button, ring the bell icon so you get notified whenever a new video pops up, whenever a new live stream is going, you'll get notified on your device of choice. It's youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And like I mentioned, this show is presented by the City of Vineland, and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. And one of those things that I just saw recently, there's a couple of movies that are filming in our backyard uh, that they are looking for locations for. Um, You can check it out on their social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. But there are some uh, independent movies that are looking for locations to film right here in our backyard. So if you or someone you know fits the bill for the, uh, the setting that they're looking for, definitely 
contact the city of Vineland. Um, but it's also a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. And through following them on social media, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. It's Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, brother? I'm living the dream. The Eagles have been making some splashes with headlines and actual signings this week following the loss to the 49ers. It's brought to you by our awesome merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, the best in the game. I just found out our our merch guy, Tyler, had a baby right before Thanksgiving, so congratulations to Tyler and his lovely wife. Um, so that's why there's been a delay in some of our mer- our new merch getting up, but don't worry, it will be up soon, but shop peruse and look at everything they have to offer from eagles phillies flyers sixers union and of course underground sports philadelphia podcast merch hoodies shirts we got some new stuff in the pipeline as well so stay tuned for that once it gets up go to phiapparel.co if you want to stand out in the crowd and use code underground for 10 percent off any and all merch orders it's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here uh, when you get your merch, be sure to tag PHI Apparel Company on Twitter and Instagram and tag us as well if you get your podcast merch because we want to see where you're rocking it from. That's phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off your order. Shaq Leonard, Matt, is officially a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, signs with the Birds after the loss of the 49ers, and it doesn't feel like he's the only signing on the horizon as there's been Rumors swirling that a potential reunion with Zach Ertz is on the horizon, as well as one that kind of came out of nowhere, Indomitian Sue. Yeah, this is kind of the time of the year, too, like with someone with Ertz, where someone maybe has been in street clothes for the whole year, uh, signs, and you just get him for the playoff push. Um, for Leonard, I think you just had to watch that game on Sunday and think, yeah, this team could use some additional linebacker help. Um, it was really pronounced in that game, obviously, because of injuries and you know, rookie starting, and there was, there was just, a, I think, a lot of uh, circumstances there, but that's obviously been a, a position that the Eagles have really not prioritized, and that's just the way that they, they run the team. Um, got exploited on Sunday, and I think you try and fill any gaps that you can in any way. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he works out, but, um, you know, it's, it's already a weak spot, so you have to think that he's able to at least get some snaps, and, you know, you kind of hope that you can duct tape it together for the rest of the season. Yeah, and uh, he's going to be wearing number 50. I would put an asterisk next to it because today the Eagles waved Christian Ellis, um, who wore number 53, which was the number that Shaq Leonard wore with the Colts. So we'll see if he potentially ends up getting 53 instead. Um, but he signed through the rest of the season. I think it's a good thing, too. You know, we talked about it when these rumors first popped up. It's it's one of those things kind of similar to baseball where when you trade for a guy or you get a guy late in the year, it gives you that early look at a guy if you want to re-sign him going into the offseason. It gives you that opportunity to negotiate with him first. And in this instance, it keeps Shaq Leonard away from the Dallas Cowboys, which I think is one of the, the key things here, especially since you're playing the Cowboys this week. You keep him away from a division rival that's also fighting for top playoff positioning. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll see how he uh, he works out. Um, and that's the story. You know, that's... Uh... That's what it is this time of year. You're just hoping, I, I think, for for one or two guys. It's similar to the NBA when you get to like buyout season, mm-hmm. and you know, ultimately, are these guys making a difference for you? 
probably to be seen. probably not you know most of the time um but you you can't turn down depth at this stage of the year either 100 so. percent. and i mean if zach Ertz comes through that's great um dallas goddard on his way back this week it seems as my yahoo fantasy app has changed his status from questionable to healthy he had a full walkthrough today and it looks like he's poised to play on sunday night football against the cowboys which I think the number one takeaway from this gauntlet run that the Eagles have been on, even though they won the game against the Cowboys when Goddard got hurt, they won the game against the Chiefs, they won the game against the Bills, it's been evident that they missed Dallas Goddard's presence in the middle of the field in the passing game. Yeah, I think even in run blocking, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's such an effective blocker, and, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think he's, he's going to be a nice addition to have back. I think does a lot of nice things for you, and... Um, it's, it's going to be, be good to have him back in there because this was, it was a tough week. I think this is, you know, it felt like a loss was coming. You know, this team had fallen behind. It was, what, three or four straight games they'd been uh, losing five. at halftime. And, um, yeah, coming into the game, it had yeah, been, yeah, yeah. yeah, like like four games losing at halftime. And um, it felt like each game was like it, – it's funny, actually, each game got progressively, I think, more and more. Um, man, that was almost a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Dolphins game pretty well handled. Cowboys game looked very comfortable for most, but then the the last, uh, especially like two or three minutes, it felt like it almost looked the way the Chiefs game was on a knife's edge the entire time. Bills, it's still not totally sure, you know. And um, then the 49ers was just total uh, runaway at, at the end there, where they, they really, really put on the gas. I think, and then I think that was kind of an eye opening moment. I think because. It had been very easy to push off a lot of the maybe some of the defensive issues and be like, well, they're they're winning, you know. But um, you know, the 49ers are your competition, you know, so it really matters if if you're losing to them and you're losing to them in a big way. And that was our concern coming into the game too. Is like, I don't know how you stop this 49ers team offensively. You know, when Debo Samuel's healthy, when everyone on the team is healthy, they don't score below 30 points, mm-hmm. and that's against all defense, not even just the Eagles. Like, um, so I think the the response to this week is going to be important, but. Um, it's not a great like if the, of all the tests I think to fail, this I think is the worst one and in the worst way because it, it feels like the wind is out of the sail just a little bit. It was one of those things that early in the game it felt like the Eagles had all the momentum. You know, you had two very like calculated like quality drives that you just didn't get in the end zone for, and that felt like a bitchy in the ass, and then. The defense early on was fantastic. You had Brock Purdy start, I think, 0 for 5, and you were you were stuffing Christian McCaffrey behind the line of scrimmage, and then things just fell apart. And it was one of those things where, from a coaching perspective, I think we've talked about this too, where Brian Johnson and Sean Tesai, they, they almost take until halftime to make their adjustments, where in-game the, the coordinators for the 49ers were able to just adjust during – the game during drives and you saw that was evident and it was like, okay, one team made adjustments, one team didn't. And you're seeing the successes of the team that did. And then that's when the 49ers scored six touchdowns on six straight drives. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that to me is just the big worry. And you know, like the, the 49ers are a team that are going to exploit your weaknesses a lot. And you know, we, the, the Eagles weaknesses over the middle right there. Right. And, um, weren't able to get as much pressure as they wanted. Uh, they did force Brock Purdy to to throw it a lot shorter than he typically does. But the problem is, is you know, <laughs> there's probably not a better yards after catch team in the NFL than the 49ers with their skill position, right? Especially Debo and, and McCaffrey are just 
unreal. They're, they're very hard to bring down. So um, I think for me, you know, like I think you come away from that game in in some ways, like you, you were going to lose at some point. And, and I, I think it, it you know, the, the team had not been performing quite like a 10 and one team, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. Right. But, um, you know, you were still able to get results. I think this is a, you could probably move on from this, but I am worried if you if you have to face the 49ers again because I just I don't know that this team has the answers, and um, that's a concern for me. And I, I think especially too, you know, if you have to go on the road, to San Francisco, that's tough. So this, you know, all of a sudden now, you know, this Dallas game is always going to be big, of course, and they've also been home for like a month. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was like, I didn't realize like last Thursday they were they're playing again against Seattle and. Um, and I was like, I didn't know Seattle had like turf like this, and because I didn't, I, I didn't really like check mm-hmm. like what was going on. And then I saw that it was in Dallas. I was like, man, they were. I feel like they had just been at home for. Um, I know they were home obviously on Thanksgiving, um, but yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice schedule. Three run. straight home games they yeah. had: nice. Thanksgiving, Seahawks, and then us. Nice schedule run for them. Um, I mean, yeah, this game is always going to be big no matter what. But now, I mean, you lose this game, all of a sudden you're the five seed. You're the five seed. I mean. Um, you have divisions in question, and and now you're you're really uh, facing it. But you win this game, and I think it's still like you know the, the the final three games of the season are still so manageable for the Eagles that they should should still end up as the one seed. But it is, I I think, a little bit of a this is like a signal flare now. Mm-hmm. You know, if like this team ends up, I think, fading in the playoffs, it's going to be we're going to look back at this and be like that was you know our early sign that this team maybe at the highest level just doesn't have what they had last year. And that's, I think, due to a lot of things. I don't think it's just one answer either. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, too, with with the Eagles and, and the playoff positioning now, it's it's just a matter of you don't want the moment to ever be bigger than what the task is. And it felt like last week just the, the back-and-forth banter between 49ers players and Eagles players and fans, it felt like the moment was just like – overwhelming and it was just like one of those things where the Eagles kind of lost sight of what truly the task was at hand um and you know we talked about it after the Jets game too in all the games that the Eagles have lost this year which is only two Jalen Hurts has thrown the ball 45 times or more and in his career now he's I believe 0-6 or 0-7 whenever he throws the ball 45 times or more DeAndre Swift having six carries in the game, there's no excuse for that. I know he's maybe picking up three yards a clip, but to just go away from that so quickly and just try to continue heaving the ball down the field and not establishing any type of, of rhythm with the ground game, it it felt like things – it was just playing catch-up the, the rest of the game after you only kicked two field goals. And on those two drives early, it was like, let's try to establish some things and – when it felt like you had the game in hand and kind of things going your way, it felt like that when that's when you should start to try to, you know, establish the run a little bit more. And for DeAndre Swift to only have six carries in that game, that kind of shows you where the Eagles offense was as a whole and they became predictable. Yeah, I think the the run stuff has been interesting because it, it's felt like the Eagles have moved away from that. The passing stuff is interesting. That said almost though reminds me of like the inverse when it was like when who went, like Derrick Henry rushes for 25 times, the Titans are 17. It's a, I think that's indicative of just like the state of the game, right? So like if Jalen's having to pass a lot, usually that's going to mean that this team is, you know, behind mm-hmm. or, you know, that it's it's a close game at least. Um, 
But I think in general, you know, the the running is I th- think been a fair question. I still think the Eagles are they were passing like sixty percent of the time I think on early downs. Yeah, and that became an issue. Like Greg Olson was talking about it on the uh, the broadcast. Then you notice it in the Chiefs game too. Like the Chiefs were able to send like what would what would normally be like a third down blitz on first down because they know like. Yeah, there's almost a little bit too much predictability right now with the Eagles, and I, I think that's that's more the concern than anything else. Um, so you hope that that gets adjusted, and I, yeah, I think that that is a an area to be concerned about the fact that this team, the strength of this team is the offensive line, and it doesn't feel like maybe it's being utilized in the best way at the moment. And maybe this is like the good wake up call, you know, to, to kind of change course, right? Because I think when you are winning games, and maybe there's there's a sense that you don't have to and I think too I'll say this I think Jalen is still like dealing with it then he injuries a lot worse mm-hmm. than what they're saying like he's and honestly even before he got injured this season he was clearly not running the same way I don't know if that was you know his own thing or the team trying to protect him more because you just gave the guy you know a few hundred million dollars you know you want to uh, make sure that he's not Josh Allen and getting <laughs> you know pinwheeled every week um so, you know, even before the injury, it felt like he was not, he's not been the same rusher this year. And clearly after the injury, like, it's not the same. Like, I know his numbers look fine because of all the, you know, the, the brotherly shove stuff and whatever. But, like, he's very obviously not the same runner that he was last year. Yeah, and I mean, Greg Olson also pointed out, and I don't think I even, like, realized this until he, like, verbalized it. The Eagles pass more on first and third down and or on first and second down and then they'll run the ball on third down which is like the complete inverse of every other team in the NFL and to your point like where the Chiefs were able to send those blitzes on first down rather than third down and then your offense becomes kind of predictable at that point that's on Brian Johnson that's on Nick Sirianni and that's partially on Jalen Hurts too to kind of all come together as the the leaders on the offense and kind of the guys making the machine move to say, hey, we need to adjust and we need to fix some things on this offense so that teams like the Chiefs, teams like the Bills, teams like the Dolphins, teams like the 49ers, and this coming week, like the Cowboys, aren't able to predict what we're doing on offense. Yeah, so that's that's obviously something to fix and, and focus on. I think ultimately, though, you know, it's hard to say now after, after a loss like that, but I think going into, like, the – the final game of this big stretch because the Seahawks don't seem as big of a, a challenge as maybe they did, but you still have to so very there. much have to win it, win that game. But you know, I think having already got three wins out of this stretch is huge. You know, we were talking about it, like if you go five hundred during that stretch, that's pretty good, and that and even if you backtrack it to that Dolphins game, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like back to all the way back to the Dolphins game, you know, like you, I don't know, I, I think you've you've put yourself in a, in a good position. Um, you know, going forward, because like we said, the the final three games of the season are you know very winnable uh, games. Although Arizona at home does not seem like the uh, the cakewalk that it used to be, uh, at least when we were looking at it, you know, prior to the season, because they they're very clearly not really a team that's tanking. Like they're they're willing to play. So Giants, we know, are, are going to be uh, very listless. But yeah, I, I think um, I don't know. It's it's a mixed feelings kind of week. I think. It's really, I think, as a, it has a real chance to get toxic, though, if they lose to the Cowboys on Sunday. Like, yeah. outside of just losing to the Cowboys in general. But, like, I I really think, and listen, they split every year with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's, 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 there's I a pretty good chance that they like... lose on Sunday because what the, what the 49ers did offensively, 
have you seen the Cowboys lately? Like that is like one of the best offenses in the league too. You know, like it's and Dak has very often had good games against Philadelphia. So, and it's you know it's already gotten to the point where it's becoming national media toxic when you have Derek Carr, who, you know, much better than his brother who became a talking head. It's always these quarterbacks, Matt, that never had any true success in the NFL always feel like they're the ones that can talk ball and talk the game. David Carr going on NFL Network saying that the Eagles need to bench Jalen Hurts and play Marcus Mariota for a better chance to win was some of the most laughable jargon I've ever seen on a talking heads show. Why are we giving it any time? It's so obviously, it's no different than like Skip Bale. Like it's very clearly saying it because the producer told him to because it's, inflammatory and it's going to drive engagement that's all it is it's just it's so it's not even funny. worth it it's not even worth it but it's always the ones that never had any true nfl success from car oh uh, he's got a few records which yeah. might be broken this year by sam, sam Howell, Howell. but <laughs> for now he for does now. he does have an nfl record don't ask him which one uh you know and then you obviously have chris sims notorious jalen hurts and philadelphia eagles hater yeah but it is always funny to me that it's the quarterbacks typically that didn't have true NFL success that feel like they are the end-all, be-all, know-all of the NFL. Um, but, I mean, Cowboys coming up is is a huge one. Sunday Night Football, it's all eyes on you. The ratings, I'm sure, are going to be through the roof, as they always are when it's Eagles-Cowboys. So you have to perform, and I think getting Dallas Goddard back is huge um, for this game in particular. And, I mean... The, the way that the Eagles have to approach this is kind of like a playoff game. You know, this is this is going to determine pretty much your seeding in the playoffs. This is going to determine a lot of seeding in the playoffs. So you have to go into this one like it is a, a winner-go-home type of playoff game against your division rival. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, when these two play, it's always, it's always big, even earlier in the season. But this one, yeah. You know, the, the Cowboys have been one of the hottest teams in football, like – Say what you want, right? Like, but they're they're almost having an Eagles season from last year, where it's mm-hmm. like people are questioning how legitimate they are. But they they're playing who's on their schedule, right? And they 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 can't change that. And also, too, like there is something to be said about beating the crap out of bad teams, and that's what the Eagles did a lot last year. Yeah. And like the Eagles fans are saying, well, that's what you do. You know, you're supposed to. Now, have the Cowboys passed a lot of the other tests? No. You know, they they uh similarly got the, got their their brakes beaten off by the 49ers and lost a pretty close game to Philly you know so it's like i don't know you know i, I think um i think i i'd be I'd, i i would just be worried that's all because i think Dak is playing at a really high level right now and people have not been able to find answers for them and the eagles have not been a good defense this year and i i just especially in third down right i just think i think it's a this is a big game, and I I do think I do think we might be sitting here next week talking about three losses on the year. Looking at the Seattle, all of a sudden the Seattle game now is is a little more intense, and they're really hoping that you sweep Giants, Arizona and Giants. You know, pass rush is going to be pivotal in this game for sure, um, and I think just being and like it, it was such a weird game too with against the 49ers where Jalen had all day to throw the ball and just couldn't find anybody open. Now, obviously the camera's not tracking to see where those wide receivers are or what's happening down the field, but 
the offensive line was giving Jalen time to throw, and you just have to find somebody that's open or find somebody to put the ball where only they can get it, kind of like that Devontae Smith throw. Um, I mean, A.J. Brown, for what it's worth, had one hell of a game against the 49ers. I forget how many catches he had. I think it was nine for 114. You have to be able to trust your guys down the field, too. Like, if they're not in the most open position, you still got to be able to trust them to, to get open, break away from their defender, and get the ball out of your hands so that way you're not taking sacks um, or, you know, having to run out of bounds or get taken down for a, a one-yard loss instead of picking up yards to move the ball down the field. Yeah, that's – um. Yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of issues that that sprouted out of that game that you you hope to to fix over the next few weeks. I mean, like we said though, you know, the good news is it's still all in your control, and um, yeah, it's the most important thing. So, and listen, like the 49ers still have some big tests too. You know, they have to play the Ravens still. That could be a Super Bowl preview, honestly. I think if you look at who you feel are the, I think the 49ers offense is the best offense that I see when when everyone's healthy. And I think the Ravens' defense has probably been the best. Now, the Cowboys have been really good at, like, they make those explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that would be a concern even going into Sunday. Like, we've all heard about Deron Bland. And, I mean, that is impressive, though. You know, like, they, and there is something to that ability of, it's not something that's sticky season over season, but this year, for whatever reason, the Cowboys are very good at making those big explosive, you know, pick sixes and, and I hope AJ Brown watched every iota of film on DK Metcalf against Deron Bland I mean that would be great <laughs> that would, like and they're boys so yes. I think um yeah maybe maybe there's a there's some nice texts uh, going on this week between DK and uh how many AJ, extra but... gummy worms did DK Metcalf eat in order to uh toast Deron he... Bland the way he did he's unbelievable like watching him pull he's away so from uh on his first touchdown is just like Wow. Somebody That's, that big should not be able to move that fast. Yeah. It's great. But it's, you know, like one of the knocks on him, funnily enough, too, is that he plays small mm-hmm. despite his size. But it's, yeah, he's insane. I don't know if you saw Jameson Williams over the weekend. Um, his rushing touchdown, I think, was like the fat, like, it was some of the fastest I've ever seen a human run on a football field. Like, it, he hit a gear that I didn't know that you could hit. It was unbelievable. Like it, you, you, that phrase, like, shot out of a cannon. He mm-hmm. looked like he was shot out of a cannon. It was unbelievable. Between that and then, did you see uh, Isaiah Pacheco on that, that run where he carried, like, eight defenders for six yards? Yeah. That was that was just, like, pure grit from somebody who just does not stop moving his legs until they are on the ground. He hates the ground. He hates the ground. <laughs> he runs. <laughs> like, he is... The definition of running angry. It's unbelievable. It's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the 49ers schedule, they play the Seahawks this week. Then they have to go to the Cardinals. Then they host the Ravens on Christmas Day. They have to go to Washington. And then they host the Rams, who are not dead yet either. Yeah. Yeah, the Rams, probably a playoff team. Packers could still Alive. catch the Lions. <laughs> Lions have been struggling the last few weeks defensively. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's the it's the fun part of the season where you start doing uh playoff stuff and I don't know. Hope that your quarterback isn't the one that it gets gets injured because <laughs> apparently every quarterback just Also, I saw so many people saying this when it happened. Jacksonville, Florida probably has the most golf carts per capita. Yeah, I I don't know. Couldn't have one for that. Trevor Lawrence. Well, you know, they gotta they gotta cut 
cut costs. They're trying to move to London in a few years. It's an expensive city to live in. So yeah, that, that was, was uh, unreal. That was bizarre. That's another quarterback now. Sucks. What a game between backups, though. I honestly, yeah, really impressive, all things considered. But man, just I mean, even you what like not that Kenny Pickett is great, but he's gone, might be done for the season, like with his surgery. Um, I mean, you've already had like everyone else. Daniel Jones been out. You've Joe Flacco coming <laughs> off the street and looking great. If I'm a Jets fan, I am truly sick to my stomach that you had Joe Flacco last year, and he was like fine. He was he yeah. was clearly not great, but you clearly have his number. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody sent him a text. I loved Ed Reed's. Quote. He's getting paid a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You're telling me the Jets. <laughs> Who went all in on this season too? By the way, like the I, I I don't understand. And now they they so they they bench Timmy O'Doyle, whatever his name is. Tim Boyle cut Tim him. Boyle O'Doyle cut him, bring in Trevor Simeon, and then they had to like. And then they brought in Brett Ripon this week. Well, then they had to put their tail between their legs and be like, "Yeah, Zach, like where do you go?" And Zach's like, "I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good." I saw a really funny tweet. Um, it was that meme. Or it's like the manager texting. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. the guy's like, "Hey, we're short staff for tonight," and he he's like, "Damn, sorry about that. Good luck though. Damn, that's crazy. Good luck though." <laughs> but apparently, is, he is starting on Sunday. So that is unreal. And I mean, you had Josh Dobbs now in in Minnesota taking over for Kirk Cousins. You yeah. had uh, Justin Fields get injured earlier this year. Uh, We've had a bunch, yeah. yeah. I mean, he even had Stafford for a few weeks get Stafford injured. Stafford was out. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow, um, Deshaun Watson. The Patriots saga. The Patriots, just unbelievable stuff there. I'm sure there, there's... Garoppolo. Garoppolo, there's... Yeah, there's... Justin Herbert's playing hurt. Yeah, there's like a... I don't know. It's been the worst year for, like, Anthony quarterback. Richardson. Yeah, quarterback injuries that I can... Uh, that I can remember. Uh, Tennessee, too. Like, you have Tannehill getting benched after an injury, like... Don't know. And they Weird said here. the AFC was the gauntlet. <laughs> I mean, AFC now is like Jesus. I mean, wide open. I saw somebody post the uh, the conference championship meme from 2017, where it was uh, Blake Bortles, Tom Brady, Nick Foles, and Case Keenum. <laughs> it's like get ready for part two. Well, it'll probably be what? I mean, right now, maybe Tua, Lamar, Tua Lamar. And Purdy Prescott, Purdy home, uh, Purdy um, Hurts, Mahomes maybe in there. I don't know. Chiefs have not been good. Like, and we're not talking enough about that. No, because I think they have enough trust for people. But this, you know, this is a trend now too, where their offense has just not been very good. And it's not even just the receivers, but um, they're like a they do not have that like edge Mm-mm. that they normally do, and. There's something too, I think, where like when you don't have that that swagger like you do in other seasons, teams like pick up on that, yeah. you know, and and play a little differently. Like I'm very curious to watch that Buffalo game um, this Sunday because I mean that's talk about implications. Talk about a great Sunday too, like Jesus. So you go from from Buffalo into uh, Philly, Dallas. Even Rams-Ravens is like a good game. Yeah. Early window. So. Well, if anybody wants to responsibly bet, too, 
this is the week to do it because the trend continues. Lamar Jackson, 18-1 and in his career against the NFC. Well, let's see. And uh, I still need to go back and figure out who that one loss was against. But, you know, going into it this year, everyone thought the Ravens and the Lions game was going to be amazing. And Lamar absolutely deuced on him. I think he played three straight games against the NFC this year. And they won all three, so... That's something to keep an eye on, too, when it comes to the, the Rams this week and their matchup there. I mean, Broncos-Chargers has huge implications because the Broncos can still somehow win the, the AFC West. Um, You were never going to guess who he lost to in the NFC. He's 17-1 and against NFC opponents. What year was it? Does it um, say? It doesn't say, but it is not a team... I'm just telling you right now that you're not gonna guess this team. NFC. It was an away. It was an away game. It was not in Baltimore. Okay. Um. Panthers. No, you're, you're like kind of for for this season. You're in the right kind of. Okay. Uh, you're in the right part of the standings. <laughs> you're. Another, it's another team that has dealt with a lot of quarterback uh, uh, issues. The Cardinals? No. 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 Cardinals have had good years between, you know, when True. Lamar has been good. Like, this is just like, really? This has been the worst era of this team, like, in their history, pretty much. We are, we are intimately familiar with this team. <laughs> oh. Is it the Giants? <laughs> it is the Giants. Wow. <laughs> it was 24 to 20 at MetLife. Ugh. See, that was last asterisk. year. It was at MetLife. That was last year. <laughs> yeah, last year Damn. they lost twenty-four to twenty. I wonder if that was. Didn't he have that injury? I wonder if that was. I think was. so. Anyway, the asterisk. Giants. It was at MetLife. Yeah, field stinks. Um, but yeah, a lot of good games uh, this week in the NFL from Eagles Cowboys. Like Matt mentioned, we got. Bills Chiefs at 425. Uh, frisky Monday night game. Titans Dolphins. Why do we have two Monday night games, by the way? I don't know. What is, what is at up the with same that? time? Don't get it. Um, Jaguars Browns, depending on if everything with Trevor Lawrence doesn't look like he's playing, but they're not ruling him out. Um, Colts Bengals could be frisky as well with playoff implications. Um, and then Rams Ravens in the one o'clock hour as well in Baltimore. So some good ones across the board uh, in the NFL. But let's shift gears from the gridiron to the hot stove. It's brought to you by our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to tomahawkshades.com or download the app in the App Store or Google Play. And when you go to check out, fill up your cart with sunglasses, blue light glasses. Ski goggles, prescription lenses for a fraction of the price of the big eyewear companies. And use code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com or download the app and use code USP for 25% off your order. Uh, Jock Peterson trolled all of Philadelphia today, apparently. He, uh, He posted on his Instagram, like on his actual feed, not just like his story or anything, um, a picture of him with the Philly Fanatic, uh, with Dancing on My Own as the song choice, 
Uh, caption, always sunny in Philadelphia. Jesus Everyone Christ. goes into a frenzy. Did we just sign Jock Peterson? Uh, and then all of the Phillies reporters go and say that they haven't even spoken to Jock Peterson. So nobody well, knows. He's just putting the energy. And just all time, like. Maybe he's just, maybe. So there's a really famous, um, in European soccer, they have transfer deadline days. It's like the, it's like the trade deadline. Like. Mm-hmm. At a certain time, you can't you can't buy any more players till the next window opens. It's in the summer and then in the in January window. There's a really famous player, Gabby Abanglahor, who um, was trying to force a move and drove his car to the other team. And like they always make a big deal at a deadline day, like they have reporters at the clubs, yeah. like because you see the players pull in and like they'll you know try and get a like a peek at like who's in the car or whatever. And people go to like teams go to big lengths now to make sure that you don't know like they have like private security details like big dom would be in charge of like smuggling people in so um but he showed up at this other team and uh was at the gate trying to be let in and like a reporter was there and he's like yeah you know i'm here because like i'm getting signed like oh are you he's like yeah and um he wasn't he was just (laughs) he was trying to just like do 95 percent of the work and hope that it just like worked out so maybe that's what jock peterson is doing maybe i mean i would take jock peterson on the phillies he seems like a good vibes guy uh he's in that famous uh mike trout fantasy football league that we all know all too well about um thanks to tommy fam but very strange that he posted that uh like it's literally on his like instagram feed too it wasn't his story like it's his most recent post and uh, just, really I caught a glimpse yesterday. He posted on his story before it went away. Uh, it looks like he's somewhere tropical on vacation right now. And it's a caption just, where should I sign this season? So I don't know if he's going the Spencer Dinwiddie route of just like every day he's going to post a new team. Well, definitely don't do the Dinwiddie route where you get your pay in crypto. Like, don't do that. And then try and make Dinwiddie coin or whatever. He was trying just to Just crowdsourcing do. with he, Instagram I think posts. he crowdsourced like 1200 bucks. Yeah. Which is just like hugely embarrassing. So who knows if we'll see another uh, mascot with Jock Peterson tomorrow, but stay tuned. But, I mean, Jock Peterson feels like the type of player the Phillies would sign right now. I know a lot of the reporters have gone out and said that um, – it's not going to be like a big splash type of winter meetings for the Phillies this year. They have a lot of the pieces in place and you also need some of the guys that aren't making as much money on the team. Um, but Jock Peterson feels like the type of player that fits the bill of what the Phillies are trying to do to fill out the roster. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And, uh, also Rob Thompson signed an extension through 2025. So he's here for two more seasons at the very least, which is, great you don't want to have you know your manager on lame duck years whatsoever especially when it's a manager like rob thompson who's been wildly successful in his role with the phillies and they also hired two new uh hitting coaches so the phillies will have three hitting coaches this year one coming from uh san francisco one coming from houston uh to join kevin long as the the main hitting coach there so some some moves there with the phillies and then uh doesn't seem like Juan Soto is coming to Philly, though, as it seems. It's almost inevitable that he's going to end up with the Yankees. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm fine with it because he's going to be a free agent after the year, and I hope the Yankees are dumb enough to not sign him to an extension. And then he just hits free agency, and we do the same the same old song and dance all over again. Um, I've also been fascinated with how many people are reporting that Shohei Otani has met with 
these particular teams. And isn't that the number one thing he said? He's yeah. going to hold against you if it leaks that you met with them. Have I heard any Phillies leaks? Just saying. That, uh, you know, maybe maybe we just gotta check the teams that haven't, and those those are those the are the ones. Um, also, we need to get Christopher Mad Dog Russo off of TV. Did you see what he he said today? No. I even for him being an old head, I couldn't believe that uh, this was said on first take today. They were talking about the Otani situation um, and how teams, like, isn't it supposed to be, you know, held against you if it leaks that you met with them and everything. I want to pull this up here and just show you because it is absolutely insane that uh, he said this. Wow, that wild. <laughs> Call it the atom what is this, the atomic bomb? Yeah. That's just um It's time to pack it up. You know what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> like there's that's not a common turn of phrase that you just like sometimes you just say the wrong thing. Like I don't know why you would say that or why you just think that's crazy. okay to say. That's a that's tough. Um it does feel like a quiet winter meetings so far, not too much has gone on. I know last night the Yankees traded for... Joe Hay called everyone and said, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, Alex Verdugo got traded from the Red Sox to the Yankees in a rare uh, rivalry trade there. Um, and everybody just photoshopping grills onto Verdugo to make him look like Paul Wall because he's got to shave his beard now. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, still, dumbest rule in all of sports. That's not even a rule. It's just a fucking outdated team policy um but yeah i mean i i fully didn't expect the phillies to make a, a giant splash in free agency early unless something like fell into their laps um but i do feel like the phillies got better today matt because craig kimbrell signed with the orioles yeah um mixed feelings about it i, I think the playoffs really soured it but um uh, in the regular season had good moments and uh I was fine with his signing last year. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn out spectacularly, but I think it was—I think it was actually like a good signing, all things yeah. considered. I know it didn't end well, but what he gave you during the regular season, and you never know too behind the scenes, like a great veteran pitcher who's like been in a lot of situations, what that his habits, his approach, how that kind of rubs off on mm-hmm. everyone else. I don't necessarily think it's a coincidence that the rest of the bullpen was very good this year. Like, not that Kimbrel's like the source of all this, but right. I just think. You kind of have to look at the big picture, and maybe, maybe he's a part of that. I don't know, but um, yeah. So I don't really, I don't know. I don't have any like negative Kimbrel feelings, but um, Baltimore feels right for him, <laughs> you know. Especially well, since they're closer well, out for the they're year. They're just taking our because uh, they they got um. Why can I never remember his name? We have the Cy Young bit with him. Oh, Kyle Gibson. <laughs> Cy Gibson. Why can I never <laughs> Cole remember? Irvin's with them as well. I, yeah, they, they love. They're like, just who? <laughs> who's expiring off of Philly? Michael we'll, Franco played for the, the we'll Orioles. We, we are, we're an Orioles feeder team. <laughs> um, but you know what the door opens now for, now that there's a spot open in the bullpen, and there's a lot of uh, rumblings that we could have a nice little homecoming reunion. Hector Neris. Could potentially be a guy that the Phillies 
Should never left in the first place. Agreed. Should have never signed Jerry's Familia. Should have kept Hector Neris. But you know what? If you bring Hector Neris into this bullpen, you got World Series pedigree pitcher back there. <laughs> Technically true. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would take Neris back. 100%. Sure. I think you add him and then you, you – I think this Phillies team, the one thing that I would like for them to do in terms of, like, making a big move is just finally go get a closer. Because the last two postseasons – it's it's bitten you in the ass to not have a solidified guy as as your ninth inning pitcher. Go get a guy that is like a lockdown closer for this bullpen, and I think that puts you right back in the mix for NLCS appearance, World Series, and potentially over the hump and and winning a title because you have the the bats in place to do it. Yeah, I think closers like the, everyone's look, always looking for them, and I think they're just it's a really hard position to sign as well like usually guys that hit the market are you have to overpay and it's just probably one of the weirdest positions to, to try and figure out because it just it just feels like year on year guys can have these big swings i don't know so it i, I do like, agree though it's, it should be a priority feels like a trade type of thing too yeah that you'd want to go and do like i don't want them to overpay for a guy like josh Hader because he feels like a guy that can implode at any given moment see when matt veerling demolished his entire confidence in 2022 but um go get a closer bring Hector Nares back and and really solidify the the back end of the bullpen that way you're not relying on and not that he's a bad pitcher but it's not like you're relying on Orion Kirkering in the playoffs when he made his MLB debut in late September um so go make back end of the bullpen type moves and I think this team will be right back where we fully expect them to be and then go get a an outfielder so that you can let Johan Rojas kind of develop more uh, at the double A AA and triple A levels and really focus on hitting and develop his bat more because the, the defense is there for him already. Yeah, definitely. The Philadelphia 76ers, Matt, they are back in the saddle with Kelly Oubre back. Uh, it's brought to you by our pals at Kenwood Beer. You can get Kenwood Beer at the Wells Fargo Center. And you can now officially get it if you live in Maryland. KenwoodBeer.com. Check out the Kenny Finder to see who's got it on tap in the Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey areas or at your local liquor stores. Uh, It's 4.1% ABV, just 120 calories, only 8 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Kelly Oubre back in the mix tonight, Matt, as currently the Sixers are down 43-35 to the Washington Wizards. Um, good to have the depth back and the the player that is back, and good to see that Kelly Oubre, the person, is doing okay. Yeah. Um, weird situation. <laughs> I saw you commented on Lincoln the other day, and just like, I, I just don't even want to go there. You know, I don't even want to get involved, but... Um, yeah, I'm pissed uh, because in-season tournament it was super cool. It's pretty cool. Tons of stuff coming out about it. A lot of controversy last night about a fraudulent timeout, fraudulent rings, fraudulent timeout calls. What do you expect? Um, Celtics choked. We just we just missed out. We missed out on all that. We missed out on all the fun. Everyone's locked in for the semis now. Like, just sucks. we tried to tell you. It just sucks. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was going to be a lot of fun. The only they made it a big thing. There's just the two games playing. Everyone was locked in on them. Dumb. I hate it. Tyrese Halliburton's pretty fucking good. 
Yeah, remember when we almost got him? Jesus. <laughs> remember, who was, who was the, Shea, the, there was a Shea rumor, I think for Ben. Yeah. There was a random, and I would have cut oh, off yeah. my hand. I mean, honestly, but. <sighs> That's life. That's life. Um, Sixers are back at home as well on Friday against the Hawks. So Kelly Oubre will make his, uh, his return to the Wells Fargo Center on Friday, but. I mean, it sucks that they lost to the Celtics uh, almost a week ago now, but hell of an effort um, with the hospital Sixers coming up against the top team in the East. And, I mean, what a performance from Pat Bev. Yeah, you got a uh, Tatum ejection out of that game, too. It's uh, it's kind of nice. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice nice early season kind of rivalry. The stakes aren't too high just yet, but there's clearly, like, not a love. Some animosity love there. Man. Joe Mazzulla ducking the handshake with Pat Bev after the absolute game. Absolute fucking loser. God damn, I hate that guy. Fraud. <laughs> He's, he he has the tendencies. I think he framed Ima Odoka. I think I think that's what happened here. I yeah. I don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy that we're just we're never like. This is the messy part of me. I need to know. I need to know what Odoka did. That was so bad. I need to know. And you know who I knows? I just have to know. You know who knows? The guy who's playing for the Clippers. Yeah. I just, I need to know. I need to know what happened. I mean, Udoka getting into it with LeBron. Yeah. He said, hey, don't sling that B word like that. <laughs> well, there's one thing LeBron does not like is being called a bitch. He, like, I remember Draymond called him that. You remember when he, like, went off saying that he was, like, a father to, to three kids or whatever? Yeah. That was be- That was not, like, Draymond just called him a bitch. <laughs> Like, that was, like, why he, like, you would think, like, him saying that, like, he said something really, like, kind of vile, like, apparently it was, like, yeah. Not a, not a fan. He does not he respects like the women. B word. Um, women and female dogs alike. Yeah. Um, I saw Pat Bev talking about it, too, on his podcast with Roan, and he was like, yeah, I don't sling that word like that. He's like, I remember when I was a kid playing on the court, and I, uh, he was talking about how, like, he ended up hitting like a a game winning shot against like a grown ass adult when he was younger, and adult just swung on him and knocked him out cold. That's awesome. That's... <laughs> <laughs> to which Roan responded with, uh, "Grown men swinging on kids. What is he, Josh Giddy? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Christ. What a situation that is. Um, but I mean, Sixers still firmly in the top four uh, in the Eastern Conference. 12-7, and seven, hopefully improve and uh, beat the Wizards tonight as they are kind of a laughing stock of a team this season. Um, Magic still sticking around is very impressive to me, though. I mean, they're good. They're a yeah. good team. And, um, you know, like they're, they're one of these young teams. You see them take leaps. Franz Wagner's not even playing like great. You have Paolo, of course. Like, I don't know, man. It's And they're like a they're – they're a tough matchup for teams too, right, because they have these good defensive pieces. If Jonathan Isaac can stay healthy when all his alternative medicines um, – <laughs> When he's not on a turning point USA. Yeah, when he's not when he's not doing uh, – going to college campuses and having someone change his mind. Um, <laughs> he's not uh, the guest on the Tucker Carlson show. Debating two genders and bathroom issues. But, um, yeah, on, honestly, like they're – they're a little bit scary. I I think like they they, they – prov- they, they ask a lot of questions of teams that I, I think is, is kind of tough. And, um, yeah, I, I would not love – I would not love – ironically, like, 
Fultz is kind of on the outs there now, you know, and it's like he could end up somewhere. He's like he's kind of bounced back. Fultz back home? Would maybe? I would. Would I would consider. Um. Also, I don't know if you saw this. The uh, after the the Pacers won their game against the Celtics, somebody tweeted the draft board from uh, Tyrese Halliburton's draft year. The Pacers ended up with. I want to pull this up here. It was the 2020 draft. The Pacers ended up with the number eight, the number 10, the number 12, and the number 14 picks in the 2020 draft that yeah. are now on their rosters, which are Obi Toppin, Jalen Smith, Tyrese Halliburton, Aaron Naismith. Yeah. Sometimes it works out like that. What a team. What a team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sixers are playing solid basketball. Hopefully, you know. And beat a Max, he can remain on the court. You know, not having them against the Celtics was not ideal, obviously. And you almost win that game. So who knows if they end up playing, if they uh, they pull that one out against the Celtics. And now you have to wait till February to play them for the final time this season, which is kind of frustrating in terms of just like overall standings and everything. But we'll see how things play out. Uh, with the Sixers uh, in this game against the Wizards and then on Friday against the Hawks as Christmas quickly approaches and Sixers obviously uh, playing on Christmas in one of the nightcap games at 8 o'clock against the Heat down in Miami, which Heat have kind of been up and down team this year. They're 11-9 and nine on the season and we'll see how that game plays out. I fucking hate the Heat. They're just like, it doesn't matter with them. They are, they are, Totally averse to any kind of number, any kind of statistic. It doesn't. It just doesn't count for them. So, they could be zero and eighty-one, and we play on the final day of the season. I wouldn't. I wouldn't love it. Yeah. Um. Moving to uh, the other team that plays in the Wells Fargo Center. I know it's it, it grinds your gears that they're winning games and everything, Matt. But gotta say, it feels really fucking good to beat the Penguins in a home and home. I mean, yeah, but. Will it feel better to have, like, the third pick or, like, the tenth? You know? Like, that's, I think, kind of going to have the long view. Season ended today. Flyers will be uh, third seed in the Metropolitan. I um, I listened to podcasts, and there's a Giants fan. He was talking about how frustrating it is because they beat the Patriots the other day. Mm-hmm. He went in the tank. His brother was like, well, you got to win the games. And uh, someone wrote in as like, hey, as a Jets fan who watched my team win a dumb fucking game, that meant I had to watch Zach Wilson rather than Trevor Lawrence. I can tell you, like, yeah, it feels nice in the moment. And then you get to the draft, you're like, I were stupid. So, Did you uh, did you see the John Tortorella quote that they are now selling shirts for at the Wells Fargo Center? Um, kind of had me, had torts growing on me a little bit. Drop the we've got balls. <laughs> We are a parody. (laughs) I mean, deeply unserious. Going into the season, there was zero expectation, probably even negative expectation for this team. I think for the roster that they have where it's so young, outside of a couple of guys like Cam Atkinson, Scott Lawton, Sean Couturier, for this team to have 28 points already is, I don't know if it's overachieving or just like, a sign of, you know, down the line, good things to come with the the core that they're building. I also love the quote that uh, 
Torts had where he, he nicknamed uh, Michkov already and called him the Mad Russian. That's good. I, I will say it's a little offensive. I think uh, that's very that's very Cold War nickname, and we're just we've moved past that. But all right, well <laughs> we'll put a pin in it until we figure out a way better nickname for an eighteen year old kid. Um, Flyers next game uh, on the schedule they play tomorrow Thursday. They start off a, a three-game West Coast road trip against the Coyotes and the Avalanche and then uh, the Nashville Predators before they come home to play the Capitals, the Red Wings at home. And then they got the Devils on the road, Predators come to Philly, Red Wings on the road, and then they uh, finish out the year with a West Coast trip against the Canucks, the Kraken, and then New Year's Eve uh, against the Calgary Flames. So we'll see. I mean, it. It is pretty wild that a team that is in rebuild mode and trying to, you know, get this new core into uh, the fold for them, they're playing well. I don't know what it is, but for them into late November now still being in the mix as opposed to a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, like the Blue Jackets, who are, are struggling across the board, that's kind of what I think everyone expected from the Flyers this year. But to see, like them just continuing to to play good hockey across the board is uh it's impressive for a young team. Yeah. I think there's there's some component of that too. I think you have to take the uh the good with the the long term bad of winning too many games and not be but yeah, I, I do think if you want to talk like the nonsense about winning culture and all that stuff, which I don't really believe too much in, but um yeah, there's that component. It's certainly something the Flyers have lacked the last decade. Uh, yeah. Winning in general, <laughs> I think, has been, been missing off that list. And, I mean, you know, they talk about how Thanksgiving is kind of like the, the benchmark to kind of see who's going to be a playoff team in, in the NHL and seeing who's good and who's not. And I mean, we could be... <laughs> what what a what a disaster the, the Edmonton Oilers have been. They're 9-12-1, 19 points this season, and they have arguably two out of three of the top players in the league on their roster and can't find a way to win. That's classic right there. That's classic stuff. Classic oil spill. Um, yeah, good show. Thank you guys for, for tuning in as you do each and every week. Make sure you're following us on the socials. We got a, a big, nice little fun event coming up on Friday uh, in the city, so Follow us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com, slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia. Oh, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on the big Dom situation. Um, First of all, I, I didn't know who this person was, and I felt very out of the loop. So I was like, big Dom! And I think at least a third of the people were pretending like they knew because they also... I had no clue who this person was. I didn't know I was supposed to know who this person was. Um, I thought, I thought it was actually going to be the turning point in the game. Because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, like here, and actually, I started watching the game, and uh, I was like, here, you know, last, like last year, right? It's 
your San Francisco fans complained because, and I mean, fair enough, like their quarterbacks got injured, like there's not much to do. But you know, the game, and then if this was the moment, if if the Eagles ended up, well, because Greenlaw got tossed, because this, whatever. Um, you can't, you can't put your hand in people's face. I also think it was probably right for uh, Dom to get ejected too, because like, probably not his place to be. Uh, but I will say that did not happen until Shannon was like mouthing all for like mm-hmm. a minute straight to get him ejected. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you've never been able to put your hands in people's faces. Like, I don't know. Pacheco did that. Like, and you got ejected. You're like, it's just, you can't do it. That's like, that's like the one thing you can't do in football. <laughs> like is after the play, after you just got a personal foul, like, uh, and you're a notorious that. dirty player. Like, yeah. Like, Dre Greenlaw is like Vontez perfect light. What's, what's the guy on the, the Broncos this year has already had two, two suspensions. Oh, Kendricks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I read an article from uh, SP Nation like since, and this was like from September of this year. So dating back to 2022, Dre Greenlaw has six personal foul penalties. Nice. So, dirty player. Um, but yeah, if you want to uh, dress like Big Dom, probably dresses at home. Our pals at Foco, Matt, they've got new uh, velour NFL tracksuits. Very nice. So gear up with those. Links in the description. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're at 657 subscribers, trying to get to 700 before the ball drops on New Year's Eve. Uh, so go subscribe. Actually, it's 658. So keep the subscribers coming. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get to the milestone thanks to you guys. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, and like I mentioned at the top of the show, get your merch, phiapparel.co, code Underground for 10% off your order. And this show is presented by the city of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. This has been episode number 592 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. For Matt, I'm KB. We'll talk to you guys after Eagles-Cowboys on Sunday night. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace.